0: Welcome to the Mom Room Podcast. My name is Renee Rina, and I am definitely the mom friend you have always wanted. This episode is supported by Puddles and Play. Puddles and Play was founded by a Canadian mom that was always on the hunt for high-quality toys. All the products are professionally crafted by local small businesses that specialize in quality children's toys. All the toys are made with solid wood. They're fully sanded and painted with non-toxic oils and paints, with 10% of all purchases being donated to CHEO, which is the Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario. I actually used to work there. It's probably a good idea to invest in some indoor toys like indoor climbers, you know, those things that are shaped like a triangle and made out of wood, wooden puzzles, magnetic trains. You have to check out their website. They have a really cute thing called a wobble board and also a rainbow rocker. We recently ordered Milo their multifold climber, and I cannot wait to get it. I think he is going to love it. Puddles and Play ships anywhere in Canada, and some products are able to be shipped to the U.S. They are giving The Mom Room podcast listeners a 15% discount when you use the code Room at www.puddlesandplay.ca. You can find them on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook at puddlesandplay.ca, and remember it is promo code THEMOMROOM for 15% off your purchase. Check out the episode notes for more details. Welcome to the Tuesday episode. I'm going to start trying to talk like a radio person. i um, just kidding. So what I did last week was I put out a sticker on my Instagram stories and said that, Today's episode, which is basically tomorrow because I'm recording this on Monday, would be a and a So I got some really awesome questions, so I'm excited to go through these. Initially, I was going to record this last night, Sunday night, with my husband. And I was like, do you want to record a podcast episode with me? And you can just kind of chime in uh, on the questions that people ask. And he was like, sure, if that's going to make you happy, like, let's do it. Um, But then it got to the evening and I had had one and a half glasses of wine and I really didn't feel like doing it. So I was like, screw it. I'll just record it tomorrow. So today I'm basically recording three podcast episodes. One, which is mine, which is this one, and then two for other podcasts. And I'll let you guys know what those are on Instagram. So, yeah, let's get into it. Question. What would you do if you could have a weekend to yourself, COVID and kids aside? (laughs) So, no COVID. So, I love going to resorts, like a resort life. So, I would want to go somewhere that has a really nice room, it has room service, it has a nice bathtub, it has a TV that has movies and a nice pool with you know pool chairs that you can lay out on and service near the pool as well so people bring you food and drinks like that is my favorite thing and then i would want a good book to read and that's it just to chill and live a resort life for a full weekend Question says, how do you prep people for your podcast? They're always so chill and friendly. I have had such amazing guests and I'm so grateful because it makes the podcast what it is. I basically um, when I know someone's going to be coming on we usually work out the basic topics that we're gonna chat about and so I give an outline of maybe five or six topics and sometimes I create those topics but sometimes if it's someone who is a specialist in a certain area I have them make the topics and then I will add to it um, as like I look at their topics that they send me and I think about what I would be curious about Um, and then I will add to it and we just work on it from there and then when we record it's really just like a casual conversation I try not to make it too um, interviewee feeling but again it always depends on the topic because sometimes it is more like an interview because I don't have as much to contribute and I'm more so looking to learn from them so that is basically it. Question says, how do you maintain emotional resilience with all the naysayers on social media plus mom life? I'm always asked about how I handle negative feedback online or, you know, comments on my videos, whatever it might be. And I really like I don't know why it doesn't bother me very much. And if it does bother me in the moment, I will sit on it for a little bit and then I will decide if I wanna respond to that person or just completely forget that they even exist. Sometimes I will respond and then they can respond, but then after a while I get bored of it and I just move on because I have too much stuff going on other things to focus on, other positive things that I really don't spend much time in negative comments at all. Um, if it is a comment that I find I get often or that I think other moms would get often, you know, it's like a hot topic, then I will reply in a tiktok or in an instagram story um so that other people can hear my response and then they maybe will get something out of hearing my response um they can relate to it they can you know not feel bad or have an opinion when someone comes at them with the same kind of negative feedback um but yeah i really don't spend much time thinking about it and again like i always say my dad like his little famous quote that I always say is consider the source. So who are these people that are giving me negative feedback or negative comments? Um, If it's not somebody that I respect and am close to in my life, then it really doesn't matter all that much. And it's pretty easy to move on from and forget about. And that's not to say that I don't have emotional struggles because I do, but it is not as a result of anyone's negative comment or somebody saying something online it is just a result of my own thoughts and what's going on with Milo or in our life things that I want to change things that are bothering me it's it's more about that than it is about what other people think and what they say. For example, right now, Milo is in this phase where he likes to throw his toys at me and my husband, mostly me, or he hits, you know, if you say something like, we don't throw our toys, like you have to keep your toys on the floor or whatever it is, and then he just turns and hits you. And it's like, okay, I'm struggling with what to do in these situations, but yeah, so Nothing to do with people online. It's more so just things that we're dealing with um, in our home with our little toddler angel. Question says, how did you get started with the podcast and your online presence? So I've always been on Instagram. I downloaded TikTok around Christmas time last year. So Christmas of 2019, I was playing around with it. Um, After I had Milo, I changed my social media stuff over to the mom room uh, because I knew that it was something that I wanted to create content around, like being a mom and things that I'm struggling with, things that I think people aren't talking about enough. So that's why I started the blog. And then I switched my social media channels over to the mom room. And um, I started playing with TikTok a little bit before quarantine, but I wasn't very good at it. And then in quarantine, I had finished my PhD. So I had all this time to just make content basically online, on Instagram and on TikTok. And things just kind of grew from there. And I would talk about certain topics and get amazing feedback from people. So a podcast was just another way to kind of, get these messages out and get this content out in the world and it was a way where it wouldn't only be me uh, creating the content but to to be able to have guests on and experts in different areas was something that I was um, excited about so I had no idea what I was doing I knew nothing about podcasts. I just started researching everything, reading different blogs, watching YouTube videos, learning about what programs to use, what equipment to use, um, set myself up with a platform or a, like a program where I upload my episodes and it sends it out to all the different podcast platforms. And it just kind of went from there. I shared about it on Instagram and it got um, a lot of listeners right away which is why I think it did so well because when that happens you get pushed up to the top of the charts and now I'm just trying to stay there and I'm trying to just make it better and rebrand and I have all these ideas but um, I can't do everything myself so I am trying to any money that I make with Brand partnerships, or you know, making TikToks or having podcast sponsors. I'm trying to put back into the podcast and back into the mom room to grow it. So that is where I'm at, and that is how all of this started. Question, and this is an easy one How old is Milo? Milo is two and a half years old, exactly. Question says, how did you and your husband meet and what led you to Toronto or the greater Toronto area? So we met online on Plenty of Fish. He messaged me first. I like to make sure that I point that out. And we are in the GTA because my husband is a specialist and it's very hard, despite what people think in Canada, when you're a specialist as a physician, so not a family doctor, but someone that specializes in a certain area. It's very difficult to find a permanent position because there's so few opportunities. Um, so when he was given the opportunity to come here, we thought it would be great to have a family here and that there would be opportunities for me being close to Toronto. And so we took it and we ended up in the GTA. We Neither of us have lived here before. Well, he lived, he went to med school in Hamilton So I guess that's the GTA, but um, I have never lived here before and so far so good. Do I ever plan, oh, sorry, question. Do I ever plan to work in my field or am I thinking of continuing with podcasting and influencing? So right now, that is what I'm focusing on. Um, COVID was kind of a blessing in disguise for that because I think if quarantine and COVID didn't happen, I would probably be working a typical job at like a research institute or a university. Um, But it kind of allowed me to get into this Space, which is really exciting. I really, really, really enjoy it. I love working for myself and making my own schedule. I am super motivated and able to work independently. So I'm loving it. And we decided once quarantine, uh, the first time quarantine ended, We just kind of decided that I would continue to do this and see where it goes. So that is my plan for now, but there's no saying what the future holds. I really don't know. But hopefully I will continue to just grow the mom room and this is what I'll do for a long time. Question, tips for fighting nap time sleep. So I specifically remember a time when Milo was younger and he was refusing to nap all the time. And it was so stressful, stressful for me. And at that time they were having, I think he was on two naps in a day. And when they fight their nap and all you're doing is fighting them to nap all day you feel like your entire day has just been an in, like a stressful time because they're not sleeping, it's frustrating, they're frustrated, you're frustrated, you're so focused on getting them to sleep and have their naps at a specific time of day. So it gets really messy, really frustrated. And then I started to realize that my husband would come home from work and I was like, wow, like we had the shittiest day ever. I literally spent the whole day just trying to get him to nap. So I started to change my frame of mind when it came to naps and I decided, you know, he's going through a phase, so I'm just going to forget about it, not stress about getting him to sleep at all. And my days were 10 times better. So what I would do some days, I would take him swimming at the pool in the morning And then he would fall asleep in the car on the way home. So I would pick up a latte and just like drive around so that he had his little nap. And then if he didn't want to nap at home, I was just like, whatever, I would lay with him in my bed and we would just like cuddle and play. And um, he was really young at this time. And yeah, I just didn't stress about it anymore. I would load him up in the car, go get a latte and drive around. And if he fell asleep, he fell asleep. If he didn't, he didn't. Um, anyways, and it made my days a lot less stressful. And then eventually he just went back on track and um, he was napping totally fine. So that's what I did. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, but I hated being stressed and frustrated all day with him. So I just kind of gave up. This episode is brought to you by GroCo Postnatal Rehab. GROCO was founded in 2018 by chiropractor Dr. Ali Kane when she was 32 weeks pregnant with her first baby. She wanted to create a rehab program that supported women through the physical, mental, and emotional challenges of motherhood. The GROCO methodology is aimed at preventing, reducing, and resolving symptoms women have been made to think are an inevitable consequence of childbirth. Classes stream 24-7, so you're able to do them whenever it works best for you. There's also a weekly live class with a GroCo doctor and also a monthly master class. The goals of GroCo are to be accessible to women, be supportive, but also provide them with a high quality rehab program. Everything is focused on your core and your pelvic floor, which you guys know that I love. It's important to note that this is not your typical workout class. Groco classes are very focused on your pelvic floor and your core muscles that have been affected by carrying a child and by giving birth. Follow along at groco.rehab on Instagram, that's at growc to learn everything you need to know about your body after baby. She has so much valuable information on her Instagram account that you will not regret following. I know for myself I was totally fine postpartum until Milo was about 18 months and then I started to get really bad lower back pain and sometimes when I would sneeze or dance too hard I would leak and that was not cool so I went and saw Allie, I saw a pelvic floor physio and they put me on a program and I started doing the GroCo classes. And literally within a few days of doing the breath work that they teach you in GroCo, my lower back pain was totally gone. You will learn so much about your body and how to use those muscles in ways that you didn't know that you could. Check out the episode notes for more information. Your pelvic floor will thank you. My husband and I both turn the big four zero next year, and we have been thinking a lot about our long-term health. Question, how did you guys decide on the name Milo? So as I was pregnant, I was keeping a list of names for both girls and boys on my phone. Anytime I heard a name that I really liked, I would write it down. And so one of my favorite names was, and it, I had been watching, oh, what's that freaking show? Um, The one where they're recreating Archie, basically the Archie comic books. Oh, I can't think of what it's called. But anyways, you know the show that I'm talking about. Screw it. I'm going to Google it and I'm going to find out. Riverdale. So I was watching a lot of Riverdale and I thought Archie was the coolest name ever, but... I felt like it wouldn't suit our child, but I wanted it so bad. And then I was absolutely devastated when Meghan Markle and Prince Harry named their kid Archie because I knew that I could never use that name now because everybody was going to use the name Archie from that day on. We decided so we were going between Max and Milo and Miles. And we wanted the name to start with an M because we just thought it sounded the best. So we didn't name him. We didn't decide on a name until I think the day after he was born. We were still kind of playing around with different ideas. And then we decided on Milo. And I... Got the name Milo from I was watching This Is Us and I was watching the credits go by and one of the actors names is Milo and I was like I love that name so that is how we decided on that but I have a whole list of names I should sell it or something. Question: Did you take anxiety medication during your pregnancy? And I did. I am on a low dose of citalopram and I've been on it for a long time, probably since about 2009 or maybe 2010. And I went off of it for a few years. I think maybe once or twice I got off of it. And the anxiety just came back even worse. And it started to be not just um, specific to school anxiety and like social anxiety with presentations and in meetings and things like that, but it started to generalize to other areas. So I went back on it and then I knew that getting pregnant and just the changes that were going to be happening and then, you know, in early postpartum that those were going to be really stressful times and a time where anxiety could spike, obviously. So I decided to stay on it. But obviously, you should talk to your doctor and you have to weigh the pros and the cons. And it's also dependent upon which medication you're taking specifically and the dose and all that stuff matters. But I was question. Alex from This Family Tree says, you are one of the most motivated people I know. What drives you? And honestly, I was thinking about this and it seems that I am constantly laser focused on something. So when I was a lot younger, it was volleyball. I was like, that is all I cared about. I was super motivated to be the best player that I could be to get a scholarship, All of that stuff. And then once I stopped playing volleyball and I came back to Canada because I played in the States for a while, I then focused on school. Like I moved that motivation and that focus onto school. So then I was super focused on school, super focused on getting funding, getting extra experience, doing research. Like I was just... I'm going to grad school. I'm going to get scholarships. I am, you know, going to get government funding for my research. I am going to travel and get accepted to conferences. Like it was just constant, 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 like applying for stuff, like trying to get forward, forward, forward. And then I finished my PhD and it was quarantine. And so I just moved all that motivation and focus into what I'm doing now. And I can't stop. And you can always... The thing with and it's the same as when I was in school, like you can always improve. You can always like grow your following, like get higher in the podcast charts, like, you know, get like sponsorships, get, you know, brand partnerships and you can just keep going and going and going. And so it's very like there's a lot to do and there's so much um, room for improvement and growth. So I am very into it. I love doing what I'm doing right now. And so it's very like when you put out a podcast episode and it does well or you get DMs from people that are like, thank you so much for talking about this. Like you really helped me when uh, I was stuck in quarantine with my toddler or whatever it is. You, It's just very motivating to keep doing what you're doing and to keep putting content out there and striking up conversations that people don't have. So, yeah, that's, I, I don't even know where it comes from. Um, I would say some of it probably has to do with anxiety and I'm not good at just relaxing. Ask my husband. I'm very annoying. On Saturday morning, as soon as I finish my coffee and I've rested for like 10 minutes, I'm like, okay, what are we doing? Let's go. Like, can you go get the vacuum for me? I got to do this. Got to do this. Got to do this. Like, I can't just chill. I have zero chill. So... um yeah I don't know hopefully it lasts and uh hopefully this podcast grows and yeah we'll see we'll see what happens that's the exciting part is that there's so many things that could happen and that I can do like I can write a book I can write blog posts I can write Instagram posts make TikToks put out these podcast episodes the options are endless and it's very exciting so yeah Question: How did you transition infant toothpaste to regular toothpaste to spit it out versus sucking swallowing? So, we um, just transitioned. I don't. I don't even know how old he was. It was probably like eighteen months, maybe two years old, where we stopped using the all natural infant toothpaste and started giving him a little bit of. I think it's just Crest Kids. Um, And he still does not understand the spitting, but full disclosure, we don't work on it with him very much and we need to start doing that. The, uh, The reason it's difficult is because we do his teeth brushing after he's had his milk in the evening. And so it's kind of a shit show to have him all cuddled up with us in his sleep sack, having his milk, and then to, you know... Take him into the bathroom and have him stand at the sink with bright lights and brush his teeth and spit it out in the sink. So, right now we've kind of kept it where we just put a tiny, tiny bit of toothpaste on and he brushes in bed with us. Um, or in the mornings lately, I've been giving him his toothbrush once we park at daycare because it's just easier. Uh, but, you know, as he gets older, I'm sure we're going to ditch the milk eventually and then he will be working on standing at his sink and spitting after he brushes. Um, I remember a long time ago listening to a podcast episode where they were talking about toddler dental hygiene and they were saying... A lot of parents brush their teeth before they have their milk and then they have their milk and then the milk sits on their teeth all night so I've always kept that in the back of my mind and that is why we always try and brush after he's had his milk once we transition to teaching him how to brush and spit of course I will document this on Instagram and let you know how it goes all right Next question, how is your relationship with your in-laws? So I get asked about in-laws or told about people's experiences with their in-laws a lot. And my husband and I were talking about this question last night because he was asking me what kind of questions people were asking. And this came up and I was just telling him how we've been really lucky in the parent department both our parents are kind of you know they just leave it up to us let us do what we want to do they don't really impose their thoughts on what we do like a perfect example would be for the wedding um it was totally up to us we planned the whole thing and any kind of input from other people that we didn't want to do it was just like no we're not doing that um And that was it. So I think when people ask about in-laws or tell me about in-laws, I always think it takes two people, right? So my in-laws are my in-laws. They're great. And but I am also me. And so if by chance they say something or do something that bothers me, I'm not afraid to say something about it. And I think where people run into issues is that they um, like they hold things in and they feel like they can't say what's on their mind or how they want to do things or how they're deciding to do things. Um, You know, for example, when Milo was a lot younger, every time he would cry, I and I saw a meme about this the other day and it made me laugh because I thought about this anytime he would cry or be uncomfortable if someone else was holding him or he was you know in his bassinet whatever it was I would go and pick him up and comfort him because that is just what felt right to me and what I had to do not only to calm him but to calm myself Uh, and I remember my mother-in-law saying something like you can't go and run grab him every single time he's a little bit upset and I was like actually yes I can and I'm trained in attachment and that's exactly what they suggest to do you know and so that is maybe my bias and I know that about myself but I had no issue just saying actually yes that is how I'm going to be doing things when he's upset I'm going to pick him up and that was the end of it like it's not a big deal and it doesn't have to turn into some big confrontation or big fight so when I say it's it's two people, though. I I know some people are listening to this and maybe thinking, yeah, right. If I said that, it would turn into this big, massive argument, um, which, you know, and that's that's why I say it takes two people like my in-laws are my in-laws and I'm me. And just the dynamic is such that we can say things to each other and not have it turn into a big fight. Um, like, we are super lucky. My my husband's parents live in Vancouver and many times I have been there at their house by myself this was before we even had Milo and my my husband would be you know out to dinner in a movie with his friend or whatnot and I would just stay at their house by myself and I was totally comfortable um so that's them and that's also me that's just how I am um so yeah, I'm all about, you know, standing up for yourself, saying how you're going to do things with your child. Uh, and at the same time, I understand that some people would not be very receptive to someone saying that. But at the end of the day, it's your family. And like Glennon Doyle says, you have to put up those boundaries for your family um, and they should respect that. So I don't know. It's a difficult situation and I feel like I should have a psychologist on the podcast just to talk about in-laws and the relationship with in-laws because it is such a big topic. There were many more questions, but I like to keep these episodes between 20 and 30 minutes on Tuesdays. So we are at that now. So I'm going to say goodbye and I'm going to go pee because I'm about to pee my pants and then I'm going to eat some leftover risotto. Um, During the recording of this podcast, I just found out that the one that I was going to record at noon is being rescheduled. So I have some free time now, which is great. Great. And as always, if you haven't already, please rate and review and subscribe to this podcast. It takes two seconds to just click and type, yeah, you're the best or whatever it is you want to write. Something positive, I hope. I will try to get to the questions that I haven't answered on Instagram at some point this week. I have them saved in my phone so I won't forget. And yeah. I uh, appreciate you guys listening, and until Friday, I will say goodbye. I think one podcast episode, I should just sing and try and really sing well, because then I can listen back to it and hear what I sound like. And of course, I could just do this on my own and not publish it, but that's not fun. So maybe next week, I'll try and sing a part of a song and see how good I can do Ooh, that's fun. All right. Well, I hope your children sleep tonight and that you sleep tonight. And uh, oh, one thing I should say is that we're transitioning Milo to a big boy bed soon. So look out for that uh, little shit show on my Instagram. I'm sure it's going to be a friggin' nightmare, but we'll see. It's got to happen eventually. So. Anywho, have a good evening and a good week, and uh, see ya on the Instagrams. Whoa. Are you looking for a podcast that'll make you laugh? You came to the wrong place. That's not us. That's not us. <laughs>